This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. And when the victory comes, you shall say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that you bless this witness. I pray that this word does not fall on stony ground. This word does not fall on thorny ground. But I pray that this word falls on good ground. I call everyone under the sound of my voice good ground today. That they shall not only hear the word, but they shall apply the word and obey the word. And I thank you, Lord, that the results of the obedience to this declaration shall cause manifested blessings that are innumerable in their lives. I thank you that their finances explode. I thank you that doors and windows of heaven start opening up. I thank you that the rivers of blessings and provision begin to flow in their life. I thank you, Lord, that it's already done. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that this word shall not only permeate but penetrate, saturate us until we are transformed into being the living epistles that you called us to be. Oh God, thank you <laughs> for this moment that you desire to talk to us and we will press our ear against your mouth for we shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of your mouth. Thank you Lord for this moment in time. In Jesus name we pray. Everybody say amen. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Glory to his name. Uh, we, have been, we have been in a series lately, uh, and it has been, I pray, a blessed series to you that you have heard the word of the Lord. Um, series called Chosen. Somebody say Chosen. Chosen is a selection. It's a selection that is made beyond other options that have been afforded to you. I don't want to dive too much into it, to the history, but I want you all to go listen to the podcast. But uh, I want you to make sure that you understand that God has selected you. You're not here just to merely exist. You are here because God has handpicked you for such a time as this. Now, I know some of you just think that y'all just going on to get along, to uh, get along. But the truth is, there is a destiny and a purpose attached to your existence. There is a reason why you are here. Some people discover it very early in life. Others discover it much later in life. No matter when you find out, you are here to know what your purpose is. And once you discover it, it's your job to fulfill it. Brothers and sisters, it is one thing to fulfill purpose and to fulfill destiny. The challenging thing in what you have discovered, what your purpose of existence is, is who then do I connect to that's going to help me execute that purpose? Connectivity is just as crucial as discovery. Connectivity is just as crucial as discovery. When it comes to your purpose, when it comes to your destiny, who you attach to, connect with, hook up with, is just 
important as the, the, the destiny that you have discovered yourself. You've got to be careful because while you may um, like everybody, you can't connect with everybody. I ain't going to be long. I just got off the plane, y'all. While you can like folks, you can't connect with everybody you like. I've discovered, I've discovered, and you got to pray my strength in the Lord, um, but I've discovered in my growth and my maturity that everyone that I like, I cannot necessarily do business with. Mm. Because I can like you for association purposes. I can like you to have fun, but it doesn't mean that you are a good business partner. And we have confused people we like by connecting with them in business. Simultaneously and uh, parallel to that, just because I like you, it also does not immediately say that I'm going to do ministry with you. Because just because I like you, it doesn't mean your ministry focus is where my ministry focus is. And I discovered that we could walk together, but we could have two totally different visions as to what ministry is. It doesn't mean mine is better. It doesn't mean yours is worse. It simply means we are assigned to two different territories and regions. And we would do nothing but frustrate ourselves trying to convert one another to have the same vision. All right, let me say it so you can understand it. Um, uh, 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 if I am assigned to people who are suffering from economic peril, and my assignment is for you to connect to the prosperity and the abundance and the financial wealth that is ordained of God and written in scripture, that is my vision and my assignment to the people of God. But your vision and assignment, watch this, may be to individuals who are suffering from uh, let's call it a, a, a mental disorder maybe and you're, you're assigned to minister to those families and minister to those individuals and you are assigned to pull them through and work them through their process. It doesn't mean that my assignment is better than yours. Neither does it mean your assignment is better than mine but we would frustrate each other trying to convert me to be a mental health professional and me trying to convert you to be a financial expert. Are y'all with me and understand it? And so what has to happen is I may need your expertise when I'm going to help someone and you may need my expertise when you're going to help someone but we may have to at times part ways, oh God, so we can fulfill our personal assignments and then come back together and all of us worship Jesus. You're understanding it together. And so connectivity is just as important as discovery. All right. So then therefore, oh, I feel good. Um, your destiny chooses your partners. 
Let me say it so you can understand it. Your destiny chooses your partners. Touch your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, stop trying to just choose people. Look at your destiny and let your destiny choose them. See, you're trying to hook up with people because you just like them. But who does your destiny demand? Y'all can turn the air off for 15 minutes. I'll turn it back on when I get sweating. Huh? Who does your destiny tells you you've got to select? Because when you check what God has put you on this earth to do, immediately that tells you who you need to be hooked up with. God help me when you know why you are here and I know that's a very deep question to answer and, and it may take years for you to answer that question why am I here that's, a, that's another message for another day but I'm here to tell some of you once you have answered that question and God revealed because you know he never reveals the whole answer to you in one prayer meeting I wish he did. I Pastor Sabrina, I wish he did. I wish God would reveal my whole destiny in one prayer session. He never. But what God did is he turns on like a broke, broke water faucet. He gives drip drops, little bits, little bits. Because what he wants you to do is he wants you to pray. And then he give you a piece of it. And put to be continue on the end of that bad boy. And wants you to come back to prayer. See what he's doing is he's trying to keep you prayerful. So he don't tell you everything. Hallelujah. He only gives you pieces. And I discovered y'all. Let me help for about five of y'all that will holler back at me. He only reveals the pieces as long as you obey him with the last piece. He's not going to reveal step B until you've done step A. He's not going to reveal step C until you've done step B. You got to understand that your promotion is connected to your last act of obedience. Okay, now let me move out of that and so now once you have obeyed the Lord and you're now moving to understanding why you are here uh, now you have to connect to the right persons in order to fulfill that assignment because some of you are old don't get scared y'all some of you are good with road today your destiny has been hijacked to your hookup you have hijacked your destiny, oh God, with your friendships. Lord, help me. You have hijacked your purpose with who you call your allies, your friends, your hangout partners. Oh Lord, let me let me step, let me just step all the way off the carpet and say this one. You have hijacked your destiny based upon who you call your leader. Oh God, because it's your destiny that chooses your partners. And it's also your destiny and purpose that chooses your mentors. It's your destiny and purpose that selects your leaders. You should know who you should be following when you discover why you're here. All right, let me say it like I feel it. Your leader should look like the vision and the dream God gave you. You should see, watch this, without you being the leader, you should see yourself somewhere in your leader or the one that's in front of you where you say, I could see myself doing something like that. Okay. All right. Because the Lord has placed you with people that's going to process you for purpose. But I discovered as well 
that when the enemy wants to get you away from purpose, he also puts people in your life. When Satan wants to curse you, he puts people in your life. When God wants to bless you, he puts people in your life. It's up for us to discern who these people who, who these people if you do not properly define who people are you got an entourage that you have been entangled in and you are becoming an endangered species because we don't know the real you because you've been lost in the world of who you follow and so oh god and so we have here in our text in this chosen series a man by the name of Gideon who God has y'all should know Gideon he should feel like your cousin by now Gideon is this guy who's very humbled but he's not uh, as some people would make it he's not a weak man he's a humble man but he's not a weak man God has chosen him and selected him after he saw him threshing wheat behind the wine press. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into that, but what does that mean? That means that Gideon was behind the wine press in his day. His people are impoverished. They are oppressed by the Midianites. And the Bible says that in order for him to at least make flour enough for his family to eat, he had to thresh wheat. Now, you thresh wheat and you thresh corn. And what you basically do is you grind it in order for the corn or the wheat to become flour. Y'all know cornmeal? You know, so you, you, you thresh corn so it can become cornmeal. You thresh wheat so it can become flour. And so what he was doing, he was threshing wheat. So he had to pulverize it, literally pulverize it. And because his family was so poor, he didn't have a grinder in order to grind the wheat. So he had to literally take his rod and pounce it over and over and over and make wheat and while he was doing this make flour rather and while he was doing this the scripture says God called him in his lowest point of despair won't God call you when it seemed like you've been pointed out and outcast and the black sheep of the family won't God pick you oh God when you thought for sure I have just been disqualified from ever being used of God won't God select you you know what won't God select you when you mad at him <laughs> just just as mad as God as I could be just as frustrated that he would even have me in this predicament and he, he come talking about you man of valor what you talking about God God I need you to answer some questions here how am I a man of valor and I'm in this kind of situation thank you Jesus I'm going to run on blue carpet because he will call me what I don't see myself as at the moment he would call out something in me that I thought was dead or lying dormant. He would call out something in me, oh God, that has been oppressed by my own frustrations. But let me scream at seven folks who will scream back at me. God does not care where you are. He does not look at your predicament to bring to question your purpose. He does not look at your condition, oh God, to outweigh the revelation of who he called you to be before you were in your mother's womb. Let me help some of you to understand this. You are what God said you are. 
That's what you are. That's what you are. Look at your name and say, that's what you is. So be who you be. I know it's Ebonis. Y'all follow me. Follow the leader. Just be who you be. Come on. That's what you is. Go ahead. Rock with it. Roll with it. This is what you are. Stop trying to fight it. God just wants Gideon to be faithful even in frustration. So he takes him through this process. And y'all go back and listen to the podcast. And he takes him through this process. He fleeces God. God speaks to him through the fleece. Confirms his word that you are the selection. You are the chosen one. He said, but God, I'm the least of my family. I don't care about your family. God said, I'm going to use you regardless of your pedigree. I know you got drug addicts in your family. I'm choosing you. I know you got alcoholics in your family. I'm choosing you. I know you were divorced. I'm choosing you. I know you filed bankruptcy. I'm still selecting you. I know you live in a shelter. I'm choosing you. You got fired from the job? Uh-huh. You're still who I want. I know you dropped out of college, but you are the one that I selected before you were born. I don't care what your past looks like. I'm concerned about getting you to your future. Oh God, who am I preaching to? God is not concerned about how we started. He knows it's all about how you finish it. God and so he chooses Gideon and then Gideon is finally ready and gives God a yes he's ready to go to battle he's ready to go to war so he goes against the Midianites and he tells himself in order to win this battle y'all know the story I need some soldiers to fight with me he selects 32,000 men to fight with him God takes him through a process of elimination he takes him through the final cut and he says to him you've got too many people with you your entourage is too big you need to cut this down some you got too many folks around have y'all ever heard God speak to you in your prayer and say you got too many folks with you have you ever have you ever heard God whisper to you tell you to be by yourself for a season have you ever have you ever heard God ask you to go to isolation in order to birth revelation have you ever heard God tell you to exile yourself to yourself away from everybody else have you ever heard God ask you to consecrate your entire life don't answer the phone don't respond to the email come on here don't inbox them don't go roll in the DM no no we can't do none of it look at your neighbor say hey neighbor don't get mad at me right now I'm not trying to be shady I'm, I don't think I'm better than you I just have to be exclusive right now Come on, I can't I can't go out to dinner with everybody. I can't sip tea and coffee with everyone. I'll answer your call in just a moment. I need to hear what thus say of the Lord in my life because there's no way that I could be a good friend to you and I'm clueless as to what God is saying to me. In order for me the best of what I can be for you and with you, I gotta know what God is saying to me. And sometimes God will tell you to shut everybody off. Shut it all down. And, and, and the Bible says that he took Gideon through the process of elimination. And from 32,000 member army, he now goes and only has 300 men. For 300 men, my God. 300 men that God says, Dale, you did a good job. God says that I'm going to cause, oh God, the Midianites to be handed into your hand by the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Which means I'm not going to do it, Gideon, by your title. I'm going to do it by your name. 
How many of y'all know that he never promised to make your title great? He only promised to make your name great. Oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. And the proof in the pudding is the title is only indicative of the work that you're doing. You don't get the title in order to go to work. You get the title because you've been working. And so, therefore, don't go after the title. Just go after having a good name. The Bible says because a good name is better than to have the riches of this world. It's good to have I don't know about anybody else, but I want a clean name. I want a good name. Slap your neighbor and said, I want a clean name. If I ain't in it, come on, keep my name out of it. I don't want my name to be named among it. That's why on certain social media posts, I don't even like it. I read it and I kept scrolling. Come on here. Because if I like it, my name is attached to that nonsense. Some things get messy because you liked it. Some things get messy because you loved it. But I didn't comment. No, no. But you put your name on it. You got to be exclusive with your name, honey. You got to be very careful with your name. Because for some of us, our name is all we got. He said, by the sword of the Lord. And by Gideon, shall I give them into your hands? Okay, let's go to chapter number seven. And so here in the text we have now where Gideon has his 300 men army. He have them. Good to see you, Luke. He has his 300 men army. He's ready to go to battle. He don't know how in the world he's going to win a battle against the Midianites. They got all these soldiers. They got all these men. They got all these camels, all these chariots and stuff. And all he got is 300. But I'm here to tell y'all, if God be for you, Oh, yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Who can be against you? And I'm here to tell somebody that's facing an army that looks bigger than you. And it looks like you just got a little bit. It just looked like you just got a handful. It just looked like you got just a little morsel left. But I'm here to tell you that God's going to do more with your little. Yes, sir. Thank you. Than the devil can do with their much. It's not the size of the giant. It's who's on the side of the giant. And I'm here to tell somebody it's that fact that God is on your side that you have the victory. Can y'all help me prophesy to my three folks around and say you got victory. You got victory. If God is with you, you got victory. No matter what it looks like. No matter what you're facing. Your bills are insurmountable. Come on here. Your children have got on your last nerve. But whatever you're facing, if God is with you. In this season, you just got to know he's with you. Bible says that God told Gideon, I'm with you. He said, I'm with you. He got the 300 men. It ain't a lot of them, but he, got, he took who God gave him. God told him, he said, only take who I tell you to take and leave behind who I tell you to leave behind. In other words, you got to be willing to cut off who God tell you to cut off and take with you who God tell you to take with you. Because sometimes you don't need who you think you need. Oh, who am I talking to today? You don't need who you think you need and you need who you don't think you need. <laughs> Glory to God. He took with him who he took with him based upon the selection of the Lord. Because you can't have a chosen man with unchosen people. He's been chosen. They got to be chosen too. Oh God, help us. Because they understand what it means. He understands what it means to be selected of the Lord. He got his 300 men. And here's Gideon now. Here's Gideon. He's ready to go to fight. He's ready to go to battle. He's ready to go to war. But the Lord told him, he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to do. I want you I want you to go down to the Midianites camp and I want you to go down to where the host of them are. He said this, now this is the part that really just concerned me. The Lord told Gideon, if you're scared, take a friend with you. 
Take Pharaoh with you. Gideon, I want you to go down to the Midianites. Now, I'm going to give them into your hands, but I want you to check something out. But if you're scared to go by yourself, take Pharaoh with you because he's going to give you a security with his presence. Never in the text, Pastor Moore, does it say Pharaoh said anything. He never opens his mouth. Because sometimes when we're facing battles in our life, we need a friend to be present if they don't have presence. Okay. There's some seasons in my life, I don't need your money. I need you to sit in my living room and rock with me back and forth like both of us are in the same situation. And when you see me start crying, just go get me some tissue and start crying with me. Come on here. I don't need you to open your mouth. You ain't got to rub my shoulder. You ain't got to pat my back. I just need you to be with me. Oh, some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all I don't understand real friendship and relationship. It's not what you give me. It's not how much you can pay for me. It's not the pan of chicken you brought me. It's not the pan of macaroni and cheese. I, I need you just to sit here and say, I'm with you. I'm with us all. I'm with you. You're facing something that I can't help you with, but all I can do is be with you. Slap somebody high five and say, just be there. Oh, no, 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 no. You ain't got to swipe no credit card. You ain't got to go on your bank account. Just be there. Being there is more than money. Being there is more than anything else you could ever give. Would you understand the power of presence? Oh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your presence is so powerful. Your presence is so powerful. It can bring joy to a sorrowful situation. When I see you just walk in the door, I feel better because I feel like, oh, I got some help here. Who is your fora? The reason why you scared, because you ain't took fora with you. Where's, where's your fora? Where's, where's the person that you're supposed to take that's just going to bring you security in presence? Girl, I, I done got, I done got evicted. They about to put me out my apartment, and uh, and uh, I got I got to go down to Manhattan. I got to go down to the to the building's office, and I got to go to court and file these papers, and I got to get this done and try to get me an extension. You you got to be that friend that says, "I go with you." I ain't got no money to pay your back rent that's in the rears. I, I don't know the court system. I ain't no lawyer. But girl, if, we gonna ride the A train together. We going to the court. Come on here. I, I don't need to pay no money for you. I just need somebody to go with me. Come on here. I'm about to go fill out public assistance. Can you help me fill out this application? I don't need you to do nothing. I just need you to help me while I sign this. It's the lowest point of my life and I'm facing a huge battle. I just need somebody Holler at your neighbor and say, are you with me? If you're going to get married, make sure you marry a fora. 
Oh God, help me. Uh, I ain't saying nothing like I'm saying, but I gotta talk like I'm talking. You gotta make sure that you marry somebody that understands when you want sex, when you want to kiss, or when you just need you to sit there and let's not talk. But I need to know I got somebody that's right here with me. And during marital counseling, some of the biggest mistakes that married folks make is you try to counsel your mate. Because sometimes they don't want a counselor. They don't need you to give them the answer. They just want to vent. Come on here. I just want to holler. I just want to scream. I just want to talk about how frustrated I am. Don't tell me what I need to do. Don't tell me where I need to go. Just sit there and be present. I'm helping somebody. I'm helping somebody. No, I don't need answers. I need presence. Oh, God. Oh, God. Some of, can I say this? And I'm about to mess up, but I love this job. Some of y'all are bad friends because y'all talk too much. Sometimes you just need to sit there. Hush, we don't need your advice. We don't need your ideologies. We don't need your opinions. We need you to shut up and just sit there and look in my face. Just look at me go through. Just look at me go through. Watch, watch me through the process. Because watch this. Some people you can't trust them to watch you go through. Right? Because there's some people when I'm fussing and fighting and crying and snotting, I need to trust you, sir, your eyes to be integral, your ears to be integral, and most of all, confidential. I need a father who can see me scared. I need a father because the 300 know me as a champion. I need a farer who know me as a chump. I need somebody that know me scared. I need somebody that know the raw me that's scared out of my wits and don't know what the devil is getting ready to happen in my life. Just sit in my face. Just look at me. Go with me. Go with me. Go with me for her. Just go with me. But this is what's powerful, Tyree. God knew he needed him. God knew he needed him. Because he said, if you are scared, take him. That's why it's so important who you're taking with you. The Lord said, if you are scared, and if you need somebody to go with, don't just choose anybody. Watch this. Even among the 300 who has been selected, you still can't take. There is a place where the 32,000 live. There is a place where the 10,000 live. There is a place where the 300 live. But there's only a place where only Farah can go. There's a place where only Farah can get to. The 300 can't go. Huh? The thousand can't go. The twenty-two thousand can't go. The thirty-two thousand can't—they can't go. They don't understand this level. Who can I take with me to the secret chambers of my fears and say I'm scared because I don't know what's about to happen? 
but I trust the integrity of your eyes and I trust the confidentiality of your ears. Only God can choose a forum. Oh, God. I'm here to tell somebody, only God can choose a forum. It's important that you don't select for yourself because you're too scared to choose. You got to let God choose who this person is because you'll mess up and choose emotionally instead of choosing for destiny. Fora. Take Fora with you. Take Fora with you. Take Fora with you. Fora, I love this guy. Never said a word. He doesn't have a line in the play. He just has presence. But his presence is so powerful and potent because it gave the champion security. See, there's some people... There's some, oh my, I got to say this intimately and transparently. I got to say this. There's some people who come to Crown. You never get a microphone. But when you walk in this room, it does something to me sitting over there. It says, mm-hmm, they're here. That's, that's because your presence does something to the champion in me that says you can take this even though it looked like you're about to fail and you're facing the largest army. Sometimes it's not about getting the microphone, y'all. It's just about being there. Do you realize how much your presence blesses your leader? You would show up more often. Take Fora with you. Take Fora with you. And while he was there, while he was there, Gideon is listening to the Midianites. They talking. He see all these camels. He see all this army. He see all these tents. He see all this stuff. He's all, God, oh, God. Fora with him. He ain't saying nothing. He just rolling with him. Just rolling with him. All of a sudden now, here we go. Gideon overhears two of the Midianites having a conversation. And he heard one Midianite say, listen. I had a dream last night, and I saw a barley loaf of bread rolling down the hill, and it crashed into a tent. And when the bread, loaf of bread hit the tent, the whole tent fell and was destroyed. What, what does that mean? The friend said, I got the interpretation of that. You know what that is? There's a rumor out. Gideon, son of Joash, he's coming to smite the Midianites. And God's going to give him the Midianites into his hands. In other words, it's powerful when your enemies even know that you got power that you don't even realize you have. Listen, you ain't doing nothing when your friend is talking. That's why Fora had to shut up. Because God said, this is the season for your enemies to brag about you. I need somebody to help me real quick and let you understand that your enemies are going to be your advertisement. God says, I'm not going to let your friends talk about you because they already know you and they're supposed to celebrate you. But I'm going to let people who can't stand your guts talk about how anointed you are, how blessed you are, how 
your favorite you are, look at your neighbor and say, get ready. God about to make your enemies your footstool, and he's about to make them brag about the victory that's about to come in your life. What is amazing, Deacon Tracy, is that Gideon was threshing wheat. So even the symbolism of the dream was a barley loaf of bread. So when Gideon was threshing wheat, he really wasn't whooping wheat. He was really whooping himself. God help us. And he was forming himself into what God was calling him to be. Look at your neighbor and said, everything that you have been through has been God working on you to make you into be the deliverer for another generation. God has been working overtime to form you and to shape you into what he's called you to be. Gideon, you are the wheat that you've been threshing. You are what you've been processing. You are what you've been pulverizing. Let me talk like I'm talking the way I'm talking. The worst fight you could ever fight is the fight against your own flesh. <laughs> oh God, let what y'all tell the truth on Sunday. The worst fight you could ever fight is beating yourself into the purpose and the destiny that God has called. But look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know what he said about me and I know who I am, but I gotta beat this flesh into becoming what he said. The war, the fight, is pulverizing this wheat. Make this flesh die daily. Oh, see, Sydney, because, because you can't mold wheat, but you can mold flour. Uh, wheat has already its shape and form. But when you pulverize it and make it flour, you can mold it to any shape and form you want to put it. What God is trying to tell Gideon is I'm trying to beat you into mold to make you pliable, to shape you into what I want you to be. God said, I'm going to whip you into shape, but I'm going to use your hands to whip you. How many of y'all are your worst critic? You are your own worst critic. You beat yourself up more than anybody else. You tell yourself, I should be better than this. I ain't supposed to be doing this. I ain't supposed to be going here. You tell yourself, I ain't supposed to. No, no, no. You got to talk yourself in and talk yourself out. There's some things that you have beaten yourself up about because you have been like Gideon behind the wine press, pulverizing yourself into shape. So when the enemy saw this in a vision when the enemy got the interpretation of it the bible says Harry Shaw Gideon jumped up and got excited and the bible says he started worshiping the Lord in other words watch this let me help some of y'all please get mature when you hear somebody don't like you talk about you the response should be worship. Don't comment back. 
Don't screenshot it. Come on here. Don't get your shut it down committee together and try to get somebody to roll up on them. No, no, no. Don't do none of that. When they start talking about you, you go to worshiping and thanking God because it means I'm on my way. Oh, I need you to get out your seat and go talk to three folks and say, I'm on my way. I'm on my way because my haters are talking. My enemies are talking. They got my name in their mouth. If you was not significant, they would never mention you. If you were not important, they would never talk about you. But the fact that your name is in your enemy's mouth is a clear indication that you're on your way. I'm coming. I'm on my way. I'm coming. I'm, I'm combining two of my message on this series. The message to this is, the title to this message is called Driven by a Dream. While Gideon was ready for battle, it was this dream and the interpretation that drove him to the battlefield. Some of you are only stagnant because you don't have a dream. But I'm here to tell you today, if you could drive your life by the dream you had. I'm not talking about what somebody said to you and that was cute. I'm not talking about what somebody prophesied to you and you received that too. But I'm talking about what the Lord showed you himself. What the Lord spoke to you himself and what he said in your spirit about you and about your future. You got to be driven by what you saw. Can y'all help me preach about three folks around you? Say neighbor start driving your life based upon your dreams. Get your dreams off that back burner. Get your dreams off the shelf and start driving your life by what you saw. You saw better than what you are right now. You saw yourself driving better, living better, dressing better. Come on here. You saw yourself doing better than you've ever done before. Drive your life based upon the dream you had. I have a dream. Where's your dream? Drive your life by your dream. Soon as he got the dream, Jumped up. Forward, let's go. I'm good now. This is, this is amazing. Because this is another confirmation for Gideon. After the fleecing, after all those other confirmations, here God gave him another confirmation. That he going to give him the victory. He told Forward, get up, let's go. He said, I want you to follow me. He says, okay. I only got 300 of y'all. We already went down by the Midianites camp. We saw them. But not based upon what we saw, based upon what God said. I need to divide the 300 up. Hallelujah. I need 100 to go over here, 100 to go over here, and 100 stand here with me. I need to divide y'all up. Okay, okay. Let me, let me say this. Real leadership is just not who follows you. Real leadership is who follows you in your absence. <laughs> because real leadership is, watch this, it is a presence even in absence. And because of who the leader is, we follow suit. And they don't have to be around us to check up on us like a daycare center. 
But we know how to follow. Come on here. We know how to follow suit even if they're not here. So watch this. Gideon says, I've got to trust the hundred over there that y'all going to do what you were told even if I'm over here. Let me say it like I feel it. I got to trust that you're going to follow suit in Brooklyn if I am in North Carolina. I got to trust and know that you're going to continue to follow what is the order of the house, which is to glorify God and to him to be glorified in everything we say, think, and do. Watch this. And that's going to be followed out. And I don't have to run behind you to make sure you do it. I've got to run behind you. Guess what? I'm not leading you. I'm babysitting you. And I've discovered something. I discovered, a friend of mine said this, I've discovered something. That even here in Crown, while I'm everybody's preacher, I'm not everybody's pastor. Y'all like the way I preach, and my preaching is moving. But if I don't move you, I'm not your pastor. When I'm your preacher, oh, he preached. Oh, God, that's a, that's a word. He's anointed. Oh, my God, that's a powerful man of God. Oh, my God, I'm going to get his CD. I'm going to get his book. Oh, my God, that's an anointed man of God. I'm just your preacher. When I'm your pastor, I can shut you down and say, uh, 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 hush. And you say, yes, sir. See, when, when you're pastored, you can be checked. Uh-oh. When you're just a, con a congregational member, you can just be praising and celebrating, and then you go home. But when you are connected to the leader, you can be rebuked and still keep doing your job and keep standing on your post. Come on, look at y'all. Oh, God. Because some of y'all trying to figure out, is he my preacher or is he my pastor? That's based upon what access you give to me. I can't be your preacher, but I can't be your pastor, but you got to grant me access. If I don't have access to correct you, I'm not your pastor. Someone else is, but I'm glad you come to enjoy my preaching. A hundred go there. Harris Shaw, you got to go. A hundred here. A hundred come with me. The hundred that is with Gideon cannot brag that we are better because we're with the man of God than those who are over there. So the leader has to be careful in the division or the dividing of the people that those who are standing with him do not think that they have more preeminence or a better position and posture because you're with the leader than those over there. Right, let, let, let me level the playing field. You're not better because you sit in the front than those who sit in the back. Okay. You're not better because you wear a collar than those who usher. You're not better. No, no. You got to understand that I just need a company up here and I need a company back there and I need a company over there. You just got to serve your post. Because when it's time to fight, all of us, God help me. I said when it's time to battle, all of us. 
got to go to war. Gideon, Gideon says, all right, I need 100 over there, 100 over there, 100 standing here with me. And he tells them, he gives them this instruction, I need y'all to do exactly what I do. I need you to follow me, and I need you to respond and do exactly what I do, my God. Because this is how we're going to win, and this is what the Bible says, Dale. He said he gave them some empty pictures. And he gave them some lampstands. And he gave them a trumpet. Yes, sir. He said, I want you to take the empty pitchers. And I want you to take the lampstand. And I want you to take the trumpet. But I only got two hands. You better carry all of it. Hallelujah. How, you better carry See, the empty pitcher was held in one hand. The lampstand was held in another. And they wrapped the trumpet, which was really the shofar, around their heads, around their backs. And they carried it. He says, now, I need you to do what I do. And do it when you see me and hear me do it. He says, when I tell you, I want you to take your pitcher, crash it to the ground. The pitcher is just a vial, you know, like a, a water pitcher, a, a vial, a, a vessel. He says, I want you to take Take it and throw it on the ground. It's going to shatter and break. He says, then I want you to take the trumpet and I want you to blow it and I blow a long blast. He says, so I want you to crash the pitcher and blow the blast. And I want you to lift up your lamps and said, the sword of the Lord and Gideon is here. My God. So now they got the Midianites surrounded in the valley. A hundred are over here in the east. A hundred is to the west. Gideon and his men are to the north. They're waiting on Gideon's kill. Nobody slammed the pitcher till they heard Gideon nobody moved out of pace nobody moved out of sync they waited till they heard the man of God well Dr. Shaw you gotta close what does it mean that they crashed the pitcher when you crash the pitcher a pitcher is a vessel but the scripture was very clear he gave them an empty pitcher Lord help us which means God can use your pitcher if it's already preoccupied your pitcher has gotta be empty in other words when you come ready to be used you gotta say pastor I come from another church I come from a battered family bruised and abused but I'm coming to this place empty I'm coming to this place ready I'm coming to put all that other junk I went through to the side and I come ready to be used because I really can use you if your picture is already occupied I'm looking for empty oh come on y'all I'm looking for empty pictures slap three folks and say empty pictures empty pictures some of you full of Bitterness, that's why I can't use you. Some of you full of hatred, that's why you can't do prayer. Some of you full of envy and competition, that's why you'll never get the microphone. Your picture is already occupied. That's why you can't be used to get the victory. I need folks with empty pictures. Your vessel's too full with so much other stuff, so much other junk. We got to clear your vessel out with junk before we use you. We got to dig that stuff out of you. That's why I'm, That's why you need to make sure that before God called you, whatever he called you to do, you get cleansed and purified in God. Come on here, y'all. You get consecrated and sanctified. Some of y'all are too jacked up to go into ministry and preach. You ain't ready to preach because you're still bleeding. And all you're going to do is bleed on the people. And all of us going to be a bloody mess and it ain't going to be the blood of Jesus. You got to be able to be cleansed and pure and free if you ain't free from your last relationship you gonna get up here preaching and bashing on men cause your last relationship was messed up come on here you gotta get cleansed first you gotta get pure first we need empty pictures we don't need nobody throwing off 
We need empty pitchers. He said, take these empty pitchers and take this trumpet, which is the sign of praise. Hallelujah. I want you to break the empty pitchers, which is a symbol of broken flesh. In other words, if you're the 300 that's going to rock with me, you got to break your own flesh. And it was the crashing of the pitcher that woke up the enemy. The sound of broken flesh is going to wake up your enemies. But right after you break flesh, you lift up praise. Yes, sir. God, help me. You can't praise like you should praise until you broke your flesh. And what God is doing for some of us, he's trying to get our flesh broken. Because there's a praise down on the inside that's waiting to come up. But it ain't going to happen until your flesh has been destroyed. God said, you think you worship, you ain't worship. Destroy that flesh and watch how you can tap in. You think you praise, you ain't gave a good praise. But break that flesh and watch what comes out of your mouth. Watch where your life goes. After you shatter your picture, I dare you to slap five folks and help me preach. And said, break your picture. I dare you to break your picture. There's a praise that's about to come out of you. There's a praise that's about to be released out of your mouth. When you break, tell somebody, I dare you to break your picture. How'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go? Watch this, Donnie Pooh. Watch this. Oh, you Watch this, Donnie Pooh. When, when he told them to crash their pitches and blow the trumpets, all of a sudden, the Midianites woke up. And when they woke up, all they heard was breaking pitches and a blast of praise. They were so confused. Y'all ever had somebody wake you up when you was in a deep sleep? They were so confused, didn't know where they were, that they pulled out their swords and started killing each other because they didn't know where the enemy was. I'm here to tell you, the way that you defeat your enemy is break your flesh, lift up a praise, and they will kill themselves. They gonna kill themselves. Help me preach about three people around you and say, neighbor, you just entered into the season where your enemy gonna kill themselves. Your haters gonna kill themselves. You don't have to fight. This battle is not yours. It belongs. That means we're going to have to break our flesh and we're going to have to do something that we don't want to do. It's doing what you don't. It's watching your flesh shatter. It's watching your will be destroyed. God help me. It's watching what you desire crumble into pieces so that God can be glorified and the victory can be won. But I need somebody in this place to open up your mouth like a trumpet in Zion and give God a shout. Give God a shout.
give God a shout. I'm willing to break the flesh. I'm willing to destroy it. I'm willing to destroy my will. I'm willing to destroy what I want. Your will is what I want. Come on, 300 shout. But I got a close. Turn to somebody and say, but neighbor, the book of Corinthians says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the glory may be of God and not of us. In other words, when you break the vessel, there's a treasure that's going to come out. When you break your flesh, here comes your treasure. Preach to your neighbor and say, neighbor, when you break your flesh, your treasures will come out. When you break your flesh, your anointing coming out. When you break your flesh, your gifts and talents will come forth. Now I need my 300. Open up your mouth and blast your trumpet. 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 But here's, here's what's significant. Gideon said this, Pastor Moore, here's what's significant, Dale, that he said, I want y'all to follow me. Which means the leader had to be willing to break his flesh first. Oh. This is something you could tweet. This is something you could write down. Never expect a whole victory from an unbroken leader. The problem that we have today is we got too many pastors that ain't broken. You got too many leaders that's not broken. And God is saying, I can't get glory out of you until you've been broken. So Gideon did not expect the people to do what he himself was not willing to do. So he said, follow me. I'm going to break my flesh. And then I'm going to blow my trumpet. Which means when you see your leader praising. Where's my 300? You should never be sitting still. When you see your leader worshiping, you should not just be sitting there watching. When you see your leader going to prayer, oh, come on. Anybody was little kids played that game called follow the leader? Look at your neighbor and say, if that's your leader, you need to follow your leader because the victory is coming. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.